you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. Hanukkah Sameach and morning. You're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. <clears throat> it might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it, you can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Sometimes YouTube, but that ain't going to be today. Usually just Wednesday. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and occasionally to BitChute. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you'll find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email the professor at joe at the roadtoconcord.com. He's a little slow, but he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. Phones are on today, but only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known classmates. If you wish to call in and are a regular classmate, you can request phone access through an email. And then I'll decide whether I'm going to let you come through or not. <laughs> if you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, and subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Warn them. Yeah, we say this every day. And we mean it. Joe is an acquired taste. And you're going to find that out today because he's off script today. Script? Yeah. We don't need no stinking scripts. Hey, this show is a listener sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising because it wouldn't do any good anyway. And so we're not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we ask for your participation on a value for value basis. If you find our show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, the show description on Rumble, and the comments on the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. <laughs> you soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. We have a zombie apocalypse invasion, zombie invasion here in the studio today, The Walking Dead. <clears throat> Charlie's been sick lately, and it, his cold has gotten worse, so he's walking dead. <clears throat> but he's he's managing to get get it done. He's doing all right, man. I'm I'm impressed. I'm not far behind him either, but I don't have a cold. I just have normal winter whatever. Okay, it's Teaching Tuesday, right? Normally, I bring you something, you know, we start doing a class where we dive deeper into something, some issue or topic that I drag out of the thin air. Not today. Not today. Today, my version of a TED Talk, I guess, whatever, fireside chat with Joe. It'll be boring as all giddy up. I'm sure you're not going to want to be here. Joe, this is not how you grow a show by telling people you're going to be boring. Well, yeah, it's a possibility. You know, I might not. Yesterday's show. If you didn't hear it, it, I wasn't kidding yesterday when I told you that I didn't want to do that show. That That's the, to, to me, to me, it's one of the scariest shows I've had to do since I started this, this program. It's one of the scariest shows I've ever done. No, that's done. incorrect. That was the scariest show you have done. 
Secret Squirrel, we had we had a rodent infestation. He stopped by this morning. He uh, he hasn't finished listening to it. He's listening to the podcast, and he he even told me he goes, "I know where you're going with it." And I asked him. He he does know where I'm going with it because he hasn't got to that point yet. And I asked him. I said, "So okay, scary?" And he goes, "Oh yes." He goes, "I've always wondered." He hasn't gotten to the point where I explain the military. And he goes, I've always wondered how we're, you know, how they're going to get the military out of the way. And I said, oh, finish listening to the show. He goes, I will. He goes, but I already know where you're going. And, you know, he's former army. He understands exactly what I understood. And if you're former military at all. Yeah. Yesterday's show was not fun because you you, you get it. Um, But I'm sitting here thinking. If you've actually been with us any length of time not even the 323 shows, but if you've been with us any length of time, um, first of all, why, you know, <laughs> I know I'm broken, but what's your excuse? <laughs> I mean, cause we're just this side of Alex Jones here. Of course, I've been listening to Alex and Tucker lately. And if you haven't seen the full, I'm going to go watch the whole thing. It's got me hooked. I've got the clips that I've been watching. I got to go watch the whole thing because apparently Alex Jones got a hold of some, some uh, reports that have been put out by the, the, you know, for lack of a better term, the new world order groups that I had, I wasn't aware of. I got to go find them. I want to read these things because, you know, Tucker asked uh, Alex, he goes, where do you get this stuff from? He goes, they publish it. I just read it. Well, I, I know about that. I've read a lot of it. And, but I'm sitting here listening to Alex th- yesterday in a couple of clips thinking, crying out loud, that ham homeboy could be on the road to Concord. Sounds just like me, or I sound just like him. And I'm wondering, you know, I've might have, you know, I, I might have dismissed Alex a little too quick. There might be a reason they're trying to cancel that man. Might be the same reason they're trying to cancel Tucker. I mean, uh, Trump, rather. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this if you've been with us any length of time, uh, first of all, you've probably started to think differently because like the, you know, the squirrel was talking about, he's watching TV and first thing that comes to his head now is, you know, <laughs> fallacy here or fallacy there, or, or you, that's not exactly what was said. Or, you know, I, I can't believe that mess. You know, he's, he's asking different questions now and he's questioning things that he didn't used to. That's a good thing. That, 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 that's actually a good thing. That'll help protect you. But we live in a world of ever growing chaos. And, and if you listen to this show, it can scare you. And I understand that not everybody's built the way I am. I don't scare from those type of things too easily. I don't. I have to always look the monster right in the face, like I tell you all the time. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> xenomorph, alien. Oh, crap. Where's Ripley when I need her? This is going to suck. And then you go do hand-to-hand combat with the stupid thing. Yeah, you might lose. Probably will. But, you know got to give it a go. It's just the way I'm made. Um, but not everybody's made that way. I understand that. So what are we going to do with all the things I bring you and why do I bring them to you? Well, first of all, I don't want you to be uninformed about what's going on in the world. I can make very good arguments for the things I believe, the things I bring you. And if you've been here any length of time, you've seen that like, um, conspiracy theories, we brought you the one on TWA flight 800, you know, that got shot down off the coast of New York city or whatever, the Northeast. Everybody says that it was just a fuel tank that exploded. 
not when you go through all the available evidence that has been published publicly. Official sources, government sources that have been published, forensics files, and the, all the stuff that's available. There's a, there's a um, documentary you can go buy on that airplane, on that shoot, that shoot down. It was shot down. And then when you find out who was on the airplane, you find out why. More than likely, there was one individual that cost everybody else their lives. It was the last witness for a little government cover-up, the last witness that had not committed suicide or died in a mysterious car wreck or whatever else. This witness was trying to get out of the country and didn't make it. Well, Joe, that's good. Well, go just stop. Go watch it. If you haven't seen the show, you know, we did the show on this, going through the, the documentary. You can find it in your show notes. And then there was the Oklahoma City bombing. We did that one as well. And then I showed you what was going on with, you know, the supposed airplane contrail off the West Coast when Obama was president was actually an SLBM launch. It, when you start looking at the conspiracy theories out there, you realize that not all of them are theories. Conspiracies, yes, but not, not, not theories. Like the government just admitted, yeah, JFK was not killed by Oswald. What? Yeah, the government admitted that. UFOs are a conspiracy theory, and now they're telling you we're not alone. Well, I, I have a problem with that one. I don't think it's UFOs. I don't think it's aliens from another, you know, another planet and another galaxy or what. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I've explained that to you before. I've told you why. So what we think of as conspiracy in this world might not be. And a lot of what I've brought you, there's good reason to believe there's more to it. Just And I don't buy into everything. If you were watching, uh, we did a conspiracy theory Thursday where I told you I don't believe all the conspiracies about 9-11. I don't think that the buildings were brought down intentionally. I don't think that they were brought down by demolition charges. I don't think that Tower 7 was brought down to hide. I, I don't. I don't. And I went over why. And I showed you the evidence that's available to us. I think the conspiracy there lies elsewhere, but I've brought you a lot of crazy stuff and I know I can come across Alex Jones. I've also done my best to explain to you why I believe these things. There are sound reasons to believe them. And I've also had chats with you about the way I see how it ties into the scriptures. And that's another reason for a lot of people in our world to, you know, just label me a kook. Well, he Bible believing nut job. Off they go. But let me ask you something. If you've been with me for any length of time, one of the things I hate about real conspiracy nut jobs is that you've got to cut corners and round edges and use a hammer to force everything that they tell you into a greater worldview. If you have, we've had shows on this where you have to put together a coherent worldview, you know, a way of looking at the world that makes sense uniformly, consistently. So if you've done that and these people come along with their theories and they got to keep forcing them into place to make them work and they'll give you one explanation and then another, which causes contradictions and a third and just, you know, things just don't, you can't make a consistent you can't make a smooth pie out of the mess they give you. It's all just jumbled. You know, it's just garbage. Well, the, those people I don't like. But have you ever noticed the things I bring you that we call conspiracies? They just fit into the worldview that I have just 
flop right into them. These people don't have consistent and coherent worldviews. That's why I don't like them. You know, and I'm not lumping anybody in there. I'm not calling out names, but there is a group of conspiracy theorists that I can't, I just can't get align. I can't align with because their ideas don't mesh with what I am pretty sure to be true. But the ones I bring you, they mesh just fine. So whether or not you accept my worldview, the one thing that hopefully you've noticed by now is it's consistent, meaning, you know, A leads to B leads to C leads to D forever and ever today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's coherent. In other words, it makes sense. A and B, you know, A explains B, B explains C, C explains D, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not irrational. It, it's logical. It makes sense. It's co- consistent, coherent. And that's what we should all look for. Then what you have to do is you have to, like I've told you before, you got to have a, you don't have to, but you should have a worldview that gives you a reason for living. Something more than, well, I'm just an accident of the universe. Because if that's your worldview, then eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. And what do you care? You're just an ant. Who cares about how many ants we step on every day, right? Well, if that's who and what you are, you know why you're on this show. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be anywhere in the world. You should be just out doing whatever. Because when you get smacked, you, you know, you don't care. You wink out of existence and you'll never care and you'll never know about it. And you just, that's it. Who cares? But there's something in innate in the human psyche that tells us there's more. There's more. There's there's there's, there's something else. And whatever you want to do, you got to search for reason and purpose in this world. That's part of your worldview. Ours is biblically based here on this show, as the Bible teaches itself. And I have been actually a little shocked myself at how all the craziness I'm seeing in the world right now fits into the worldview I've previously done the work on. And and Monday was one of those. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was shocked at how easily it fit in there. Um, (laughs) Who put that question up there, Charlie, about hopefully Joe will do a show on it after he watches Tucker's show and researches the publications. I put that up there because Tortoise was saying here. Why would you want me to do that? Am I not scary enough, people? Well. I don't want everybody to live. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I put it up As there. Alex said, he's not special. They publish their plan and then start to implement it. So publishing matters about 15 to 20 years from it happening guess we all need to start finding and reading those reports. Um, sounds very familiar, doesn't that? Yeah. So you It sounds like exactly that. like what I've been telling you. And also you need to do a show on this one. MLK wasn't killed by James Earl Ray either. I don't know about that one. I, I haven't ever looked into that. Well, these are just ideas for shows for Conspiracy Thursday. I got bigger things to do right now. <laughs> I, the, the Alex Jones thing I have to I have to pursue because he seems to be just exactly what I'm doing. He just found a few things I hadn't found yet because there are a few things I've found that I haven't ever heard him talk about either. Um, but the whole point of today, the whole point of today, th- th- this is a rambling mess. I, I know I get I get that. This comes down to why would you not be afraid? 
if you have something in your life that's worth dying for, be it your spouse, your children, I don't know, it used to be your country, used to be all of them, used to be your God. If you have something that you deem is worth more than your own life, it makes it easier to deal with these scary things in life. The folks that I realized get the most unhinged and are the most fearful are the ones that have nothing in their life that's more important than they are. Now, for me, it you know, it's Yahweh, God, and his son, the Messiah, Jesus. So others, it might be something different. Ayn Rand, you know, logic in herself, but in her case, logic, reason, yes. Um, others, it might be a nation. Others, it, 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 it could be your family. Um, how about if you've built a, an empire, an enterprise? You know, you've got, just got, if, if that's your world, your, your creation, you've built a huge company, you, you might die to protect it. I, I don't know. And I'm not here to judge that. That's, that's not the point. But the point here is you have to have something that's going to provide you a comfort. Um, like I said, for me, the hope that I have in, in the eternal afterlife and the Messiah. You also have to have something that checks your avarices, your, your tendency to do whatever the heck you want um, to control you internally. Because if you don't, you become a monster. Now, I look at the universe, well, our world. I look at the earth today and... and mankind and we're run by absolute lunatics and they are monsters they have nothing that checks them but they are lunatics anybody who's going to tell me that they can just create a fiat currency and multiply it as many times as they want and it's not going to have any detrimental effects you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs anybody who tells me they can run the world and it's all going to be perfect you're nuts too, because you're never happy with what you've got or what you have or what you've done. So even if you make the world the way you want it, you're going to set about immediately remaking it again, because you're going to change your mind as to what you want. Well, if you couldn't make it perfect the first time when you were the almighty powerful, you know, Schwab or Soros or whatever, what makes you think you're going to remake it the second or the fifth or the 500th time? So that's a form of insanity there. Uh, the people who think that, you know, I'm a man, but I can become a female just because I will it. It, it. No, dude, putting a wig on, giving yourself some artificial breasts and whacking, you know, doing a lobotomy, that doesn't make you a woman. That makes you a male with a mental disorder. <gasps> Did I say that? Yes, because that, by definition, is what you are and vice versa. I mean, I'd love to be on the judging committee of, you know, the, the guy, girl, the, the he, she that just won the Irish, you know, girls dancing, whatever. If I'd have been a judge, I'd have been like, throw that one right out of the competition, vote for the woman. And when he screamed bloody murder, I'd say, dude, you're not a female. You're a dude with a mental problem. You know, I don't, you can't make me recognize your insanity. I'm not going to do that with you. You look at the world today, and that's what's happening. You're being told you have to accept insanity. 
Now, here's the problem I have. Most of us will do this because of why? Because we're afraid. Okay, this gets back to your worldview and something that's more important than you. If you have nothing in your life more important than yourself and your own self-interests, you can be cowed through fear. I can, well, it's more important that I fit in with the in crowd, so I'm not going to speak up against what, okay, you're, okay, fine, you're a girl. No, it's a dude. No, it's got to be a girl. Why? Because I don't want people to think bad of me. Okay, you're more worried about the people than you are anything else. You're worried about fitting in. That Congratulations, that's your God. You'll die to fit in. Well, if you're going to die to fit in, haven't you already died? You have died. And now you are the group identity. Well, I, I'll do whatever the Republican or Democratic Party tells me. I'll do whatever. T- what? Pick your thing. If, if there's something in your life that's more important than your own principles, if you don't have something in your life more important than the external influences, you can be scared or, or terror can be used to manipulate you. Now, Bonhoeffer, in, in 1930s Germany, he opposed Hitler. He was, a, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a Catholic priest. I know he was a, he was a priest of some sort. He goes to jail, and he's eventually killed right before the, the Allies beat Germany. They killed him to make sure he was gone. They, they, it's just retribution. They killed a lot of people right at the very end. They kept him alive all through the war, and then they kill him right at the end because whatever. Spiteful, mean, ugly, evil, vile people. But Bonhoeffer, he told us, if you live in a time such as we do now, the only place for the righteous person is in jail. Because if you're not in jail, Somehow or another, that means you're agreeing with the system or you're supporting it in some way, shape, or form. Where did he find that courage? Well, right or wrong, it was his religious beliefs, his faith in God and in the Messiah. He had something that he could cling to greater than himself that he feared more than man or the opinion of man or the works of men. He feared letting down his creator. So do I. So it's not that I'm, you know, when I speak up in a, in a crowded theater or a room, like when I was in philosophy school, everybody in the room, I knew I was the only conservative student in the whole department. And there was one libertarian and he and I didn't see eye to eye, but we were allies of, out of a necessity. So everybody else liberal. And we knew if we stood up to debate an issue in class, it was going to be us against the class. We were going to have no allies unless he and I both happened to be in the classroom that day. That only happened once my whole, anyhow. So where do I find the courage to stand up and fight these people? Well, it's easy. Even back then, I valued truth over the opinions of people, the failed opinions of people. So I would stand on what I believed to be true at the time. And, and, and I learned early on, you have to learn how to defend your, your belief in that truth. And it gave me courage that I otherwise wouldn't have had. Because it was truth was more important to me than their opinions. Today, I come to realize that that truth, capital T truth, as I call it, that was just a part of the Messiah, of Yahweh's truths, his, his natural law. It grew my courage when I realized this. I don't want to let him down. 
So I've got no problem staring the monster in the face because I know who the monster is. Ultimately, it's the devil, Satan. He's behind all of this, all rebellion, all disobedience, all of that. I have a way of looking at the world. Do you? We've never once in this show told you you have to agree with us, and we won't. We'll invite you to. We'll encourage you to. But you've heard me on more than one occasion tell you, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But find some functioning system in your life that has the same effect, serves the same purpose. Gives you a grounding, provides you with a compass, helps you find something more important than yourself. You know, compass, it's it's your ideas of right and wrong. If you're going to make them up on your own, that's fine, I guess. It's better to find something that's an objective standard something that's outside of your control. For me, it's the scriptures. For some people, it's just the rules of logic. I have a problem with that. I used to think that was my compass, but remember I've learned the rules of logic are neutral. They can serve any master, which means they're not really a compass. They can be a compass to you, but you still have to have a standard by which to hold them up to and and use them against. So maybe it's your political party is going to tell you what, what's going to be right and wrong. Maybe it's whatever your, your denomination of your church. Um, maybe it's, I don't know, but you need a standard of right and wrong outside of yourself. Cause if you can control it and change it at a whim, it's not going to provide an anchor. You can, you can pick it up and move it whenever you want. There's no anchor there and it's not going to provide a compass. So find something. Whatever you want, I don't care. For me, it's the Bible. But find a compass that that always tells you the difference between right and wrong and find an anchor, something that you can hold to that will give you faith and courage. And then when this world gets all scary and crazy and it's going you know, chaotic, you got something to cling to. So you can manage your own way through the storm because it, it doesn't matter. You don't. You can't save the world even if you wanted to. None of us can. And that's part of the problem with all these self-appointed elites. And, and I use that term sarcastically. They think of themselves as elite. I actually think of themselves as in, of them as inferior. And they think of themselves as intellectually superior. I think of them as in, intellectually inferior as well. I think of them as deluded. They're depraved. Exactly like my compass tells me they are. They, that's because they've broke with the realities of this object, the objective reality of the world. But these people, when they come at you with all their, their plans and they cause the chaos in the world, don't join them. Have, have, a, have something to shelter you from, something to put your hope in, and then just live as best you can your way outside of theirs. They're going to try and influence you every which way they can. But you have to live according to what matters to you. You are your own captain of your life. This is the one thing that the scripture tells me that the creator left to me. He can take my life. He can take my health. He can take my material possessions. But And he could take my will, but he says he won't. He won't take it from me, at least not yet. And then in the future, he promises he won't take it. He'll just change it. He'll change it such that my will is always his will. And that, that will be my choice. Well, of course, that's cool because that's what it means to be born again. 
for me, I've chosen to follow his ways. It's just that the fleshly side of me is a constant war with what I've chosen. He'll fix that. That's my hope. What is your hope in? Comment on the board from Aaron Spikes. 100% of our problems come from the church relaxing, relaxing its beliefs in the truth and the scripture. Well, not 100%, Aaron. Not in my opinion, my opinion. Um, don't forget the church relaxed that because the individual believers let them. So, again, be careful about external influences because you are the master of your own, you know, your own life, your own ship. And if you belong to a church that has let go of the sound doctrine of the scriptures, it's because everybody in that congregation has let them do so. We belong to a country who has unpinned itself from the sound doctrines of, of the, its, its founding, of its constitution. Why? Because the states have allowed it to do so. Why did the states do that? Because the people of the state have allowed the states to get away with that. Why have the people done that? I don't know that that now we have to answer that individually. This is another one of the things, you know, I know I'm rambling. At least it seems to me like I'm rambling and I get that there's no script today. This is free thinking and, and it's reaction to the, the fact that I don't want to always be scaring this class, this audience. And I don't want to always be showing you, Oh, evil, evil, wickedness, confusion, chaos, and then leave you without some direction of which way to go. And I and when I do that, I don't want to preach to you, although I know a little bit. I'll, I'll bear witness to my faith. But I'm not an evangelist. I'm not going to sit up here and repent or else thou perish in the fires of hell. And that's, eh, that ain't me. I don't even think that way. I believe it, but I don't think that way. I'm going to tell you, okay, here's, here's what 57 years of, actually thinking constantly 24 seven, all the freaking time and testing it. This is where I've arrived. This is where I'm at. Let me explain it all to you as best I can. You make of it what you will. I know that what works for Joe is not necessarily going to work for anybody else. I've been made weird. I've told you that. I know that I'm aware of that. And I, but I, I can look at other people and I see how they work. And intellectually, although I may not be able to emotionally connect with you, intellectually, I have some understanding of what you're doing and why and how things affect you. And I know that the average person gets a little easier, is more easily made fearful of certain things than I am. Now, yesterday's show scared me to the, to the core. And it's probably because I understand exactly what it means. We're not long for the world. And it means that I got to get ready to do something. I don't know what it is I'm going to have to do. I'm just going to have to be ready for action. What the Bible would say, time to gird my loins. In other words, my robe that I wear that goes all the way down to the ground or whatever, pick it up and wrap it, wrap my belts or rope around my legs so that I can move quickly because it's going to be time for action. I've got to start getting ready there. And, and I'm not physically, I'm not ready for that. I'm going to be in trouble. And I may not be able to get this body into that, con that position and condition again. Um, I've got physical limitations, damages from my past life. That's just going to probably get in the way, but I got to start trying. I have no excuse for that. That, that. That's me, Joe saying this because I know, you know, there's a bad moon on the wane, bad moon arising. You know, I, I, that song plays in my head a lot lately. And I know the audiences I've been telling you, this is coming. 
I've been encouraging you get ready for this, find something to ground you, be ready to go. Um, where we're going, I don't know how you're going to get there. I don't know. I have faith that, that I, I believe that when the time comes, if I survive, that it'll be made obvious to me what I'm going to do, where I got to go and how to get there. But what do I do with, how do I help people who don't have that faith? What do we do for them? Comment on the board from JMW78. As a whole, we are doing what is right in our own eyes. Yes and no. As a whole, as a people, yes, I agree with you. I think that's what you're talking about. And if so, yes, agreed. As a people, as a nation, as a society. And, and that's part of what I'm getting at. That's driven by fear and by deception. We individually don't want, at least hopefully, this class, each individual member of this class doesn't want to be part of the herd. You want to do what's right in your eyes. Now, for me, what's right in my eyes is what the rule book says. Because I've handed that off. I'm, I've looked at myself. I've watched myself in my own life, stood back and go, mm-hmm. Joe, don't. Uh, uh, dang it. You did it again, son. You know, there's a part of me that looks back on my life and I'm like, you know what? Every time I tried to do it my way, I screw the pooch every single time. So I've handed off that job to to the maker and his son. Now all I got to do is try to understand his instruction manual the best I can and then just follow it. When I do that, things go better in my life. Do they go smoothly? Am I rich and am I happy and comfortable? No. But that's not what it promised. It promises that I have hope. I find courage. I find the, the, the drive and the motivation to keep moving when I just want to lay down and die. It, it promises me the blessings of life from its perspective, from the rule book's perspective. Now, what do you, if that's not you, what do you have in your world that provides the equivalent thing for you? Because if you don't have something like that, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is 100% truth, if you do not have something like that in your life, then the, the, the proverbial they, the new world order, has already recruited you. Whether you like it or not, you're fighting for that army. You have to have something that allows you to swim against the herd, to go against the grain. You, you have to have something that gives you a calling or a, a direction that uh, gives you the courage to stand up to everything that's going on around you. And to move forward against the grain, against the herd. Because what they're trying to do is just turn everybody into a herd of th- you know, thoughtless animals and, so that they can drive them. And when they do this, they're going to drive them over a cliff. And, and I do mean that literally. They, Alex Jones has found other things where they've said they want to kill you. I've found my own things. They apparently are not the same. And I've got to go find the report Alex was referencing in the one clip I saw last night. I've got to find it and read it. But um, either way, they're all telling you that they want to they want to kill everybody, all but five hundred million people. And, and when I trust me, yesterday during the show, I had a revelation in my head that clicked. I shared it with you live in the show. I've been thinking about it since yesterday. That's another one of the things that's, that, that does scare me because it fits. It fits very well. 
And it's scary because in this case, it means it's an affirmation. Everything you thought you've believed, Joe, it's real. And why is that scary for me? Because I know what it means. Not so much for me. I don't care. Just bring it. I know what it means for everybody else whom I care for. And boy, it does it mean that there are rough times coming. Their whole world view, everything they thought they knew was that was solid is going to turn to water. It's not even going to be jello. The foundations upon which they stand are about to turn into quicksand. And there's no way to save them if they don't start doing the work now before that happens. Well, I've got just a few people in my world of influence, y'all being part of it, you, my audience. This is why I'm saying, whatever it's going to be for you, you're the captain of your own ship. You figure out what it's going to be, but you get to work laying that solid foundation that can survive when the world turns to quicksand. Think about this for a minute. If you think I'm off base here, what would happen? Literally, what would happen if tomorrow somebody told you, hey, UFOs are real and they're and they're in contact with our government? Oh, wait a minute. They've already done that. We didn't freak out, did we? They thought for sure we'd freak out. That hasn't happened, has it? Nope. Hmm. Hold on to that. What would happen if I told you that, hey, man, we got 10 years from now and then this giant Earth-killing asteroid's going to hit us? Would that freak everybody out? You got 10 years left to live? Well, they've always thought that would scare you. It, it They've told us that. Yes, they have. That's That announcement's been made. That this, whatever it is, they call it an asteroid or whatever, it's going to come inside the orbit of Earth and the moon. And it's huge, and it's a planet killer. And they're saying it's going to get within 40,000 40, miles of Earth. And folks... That's just a hiccup in gravity somewhere, and it hits us, ends the planet. That's not scaring anybody. Nobody even paid attention. Why? Well, if you do, then that changes your, if I believe UFOs are now running the country, you know, are telling our governments what to do, you know, aliens. Okay, religiously, that's a problem then who's actually running things? What are the aliens? You know, the next thing you know, it's all everybody thinks V and they're here to eat us or whatever. That's actually going to, that'll cause mass chaos. Society will break down. So we don't pay any attention to it. It's a defense mechanism. I don't, I, I don't want to turn around and look at the monster. Same with the asteroid. I don't want to turn around and look at them. So it's not scaring us. You know, COVID-19, when they came out with the, I'm like, you know, well, who cares? What's next? Land sharks in the in the wheat fields? And then, you know, you had killer hornets and the great toilet paper. It, it came so fast, nobody cared. Everybody thinks, you know, heck on it, right? Our AI has a comment here. It says, huh, sounds like they're, they're reading movie scripts. Yes, or the movie scripts were meant to prepare us for all of this. Predictive programming is what it's called. Alex Jones was talking about that to uh, Tucker Carlson. Many paths to one truth. So you have all these things that are not, and by the way, you know, terrorism, that doesn't seem to scare us anymore. We're just going to let Muslims in by the dozens, and they're the ones saying that they're going to do away with us. The Chinese are invading. Nobody seems to care about that. Lawlessness is everywhere, burning down in the street. All of this, all this chaos, terrorism, Russia's going to get us. You know, that's why we're fighting in Ukraine. Russia's going to get us. It's terrorism, asteroids, and aliens. Does anybody understand? Does anybody set off a firefly just now in their head? 
Who here in class can tell me what I just said? Russians, terrorists, asteroids, aliens. What's his name? Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun. That's right. Who wrote about that in the 70s. And he told told us when they start talking about the aliens, that's the last one. That's the last one. Yep. Well, none of this is scaring us. So they need the fear. So what's next? COVID. We got to come up with something worse. Everybody's afraid of bugs, right? And all of this seems to be for making you take a jab. Okay. So you got all these things that are coming at you with fear. Fear, fear, fear. And nobody's reacting that way. Why? Normalcy bias. You don't want to acknowledge any of this because then the normal, your routine, has to change. You, you have to act differently. So you ignore it. That's what I mean by let's not look over the shoulder. As long as I don't look over to the shoulder, that monster's not going to eat me. Does that ever work out for that girl in those movies? Nope, never. So why are you ignoring the monster? Turn around and face it. Okay, let's turn around and face it. Russia's a threat. No, it isn't. Not unless it goes to nukes. Now that you better pay attention to because Putin's been saying he'll nuke us. He'll use nukes. Honor that threat. But otherwise, Desert Storm taught me that the bear's weapons are not all that dangerous. Not, not, they're not the super weapons I'd been told they were. And Ukraine is telling me that they're not the super soldiers they were in World War II. Russia's not a threat. So I faced that one down. Unless we go nuclear, I don't have to worry about Russia. Unless I just make them into something more than they are. What's the next? Terrorists. Muslims. Well, that is a threat if you don't face them. But if you go full TJ, remember Thomas Jefferson? And you send the United States Marine Corps and you tell them, solve my Muslim problem. Well, first of all, you're going to have to get Marines back. Because what we have right now in the Marine Corps are not Marines. But you get the Marines back the way they were when I was in. And you tell them, go solve the Muslim problem. Command Commandant, you got to have to get us a real commandant, man. We need a chesty puller. We don't need this little weasel we got in there now. But if you get the Marine Corps back, you get us a real commandant. And the commandant goes, okay, well, what do I got to do to get solve? What do you mean by it? So just go make sure we don't have to worry about them for another 200 years. Commandant will go, roger that. <laughs> I can handle this. I'm a glorified secretary. I arrange for people to meet their maker. I'm going to go make a whole bunch of appointments. We'll solve that problem. We've proved we can do that many, many times in the past. So Islam and terrorism, I just don't let them into this country anymore. If they have not shown me that they are going to assimilate and follow our laws instead of Sharia law, I relocate them. I send them back home. Okay, I'll, I'll solve that. Well, Joe, you can't do that religious freedom. It's got nothing to do with religion. Islam is a government. It's a political system. Masquerading is a religion. We've already covered that. So I got rid of Russia. I got rid of it. terrorism and Islam. I can handle that. I can deal with that. What's the next one? Asteroid. Okay, well, you got a whole lot of time between now and then. And we've already proven that we can move an asteroid off its orbit. You know that one that we ran into with the satellite? Well, they've found that we bumped it out of its orbit ever so slightly. Well, that's okay. It was a small satellite. Well, how about we build some things that go up there and bump into this one that's going to cause us trouble with rockets on it and start pushing it out of the way. We only have to move it by a degree now, 10 years from now, or well, you know, it's going to take five years to get there. So five years after that, it will have been moved by a whole bunch of degrees. And maybe we can make the dang thing hit the moon and problem solved. 
Okay, whatever. Asteroid out of the way. What's left? UFOs. Aliens. Well, that one's easy to solve. There are no other life forms out there. Well, Joe, come on. The universe is... Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. Whatever. Have you ever researched this? Have you ever actually really looked in... We're not talking about the problems with space travel. And dip by DDT, UFOs equal watchers. Yes, but don't get ahead of the program. <laughs> Dr. Hugh Ross is a Christian apologetics writer, author. He's an astrophysicist, the University of Ontario, California. He has a book out there. And he explains to you that at the time he wrote it, 20 years ago, thereabouts, there were 700-something universal constants that they had discovered. And they were finding more and more and more every year. So there's probably eight, 9,000 of them now. And they all have to be precisely balanced for life to exist in this world, in this universe. And if they're not balanced that way, life can't exist. Well, a bunch of these constants are found only one place in the entire universe, Earth, and then only for a short period of time. Well, life has been billions of years, Joe. Wrong. Well, Joe, the dinosaur, wrong. If you go read what he tells you, every time Earth passes through one of the center spirals, you know, the arms of our galaxy, it happens about every 250,000 or so years, the radiation gets to a point that no life on Earth can exist. Well, we've been told that the different crustacean periods are in so many millions of years. Well, that would mean that the life would have been wiped out four, five, six, seven, eight times in each one of those epochs. Or he's wrong. But when he does the math, sure looks right to me. He does the math for you in the book. And he explains to you, this is just one of these many things. It's because when you get inside the spiral arm, there are so many suns in close proximity to each other. Now, to us, it still seems like, well, there's still 40,000 light years away or whatever. No, 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 no. We're talking space here. 10,000 light years is like sitting right next to me right here. And radiation doesn't have anything. You know, There's no, no radiation shielding. So when you get inside one of those spiral arms, that arm is because of the dense packness of all the different suns, you know, the different stars. The radiation from those stars will literally cook this planet. Well, then life can't exist anymore. And he goes over a whole bunch of constants like this. So where we just assume, look at all those planets, there's got to be life. It'll just be different than ours. That's another thing. If life is a natural function of the universe, then DNA and RNA are natural functions, just like a planet, you know, always kind of round, right? It might have rings, it might have water, it might have moons or whatever, but kind of round and orbits a star. Well, DNA is going to be the same way. It might be slightly different. Instead of a platypus, we might have a duck-billed dinosaur or whatever. I don't know. But it's still going to be very similar because that's going to be the natural law of things, the natural order of things. So you would expect life to be pretty similar to ours. Only the problem with that is we have yet to find a single planet out there anywhere or even for that matter, constellation, where it has the things that we know are necessary for life as we know it got to be a planet of a certain size certain location next to its sun what you're looking for the goldilocks belt and it has to be a certain size because too much gravity and life as we know it can't exist too little life as we know it can't exist have to have one moon it has to be a certain size in relation to the planet it has to be at a certain distance from the planet it has to have a certain type of orbit 
in a certain period of orbit. You have to have that planet has to have there are a whole bunch of things that we don't think about. We just assume everything's okay. But when astrophysicists start looking at it, they realized it is a miracle that there's life even on this planet because this universe is hostile to our life. Now, how does your Bible explain that, Joe? Easy. The fall. Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and all things were cursed as a result. And death came, not just to us, but to the universe as well. Because the universe is dying. Bible explains that. Science doesn't. Can't. So that fits into my schedule as well. And now I have done away with UFOs. I'm not afraid of any of those four things. They might kill me. That's cool. But they don't control my life. Are fear of any of these things controlling you? Uh, they're going to make me eat bugs. No, they're not. I can give in to them and let them feed me bugs. Or I can learn to start eating things that are kosher. Not halal. Because halal is blessed to Allah. Kosher. Okay. It's going to be blessed by a rabbi. And he's got some apostate teachings going on there. But I can live with that because he at least knows who the creator is. And he knows the creator's name. He may not use it. But the rabbi knows who that Adonai is Yahweh. So it's going to be blessed to Yahweh. And it's going to be clean. Okay, cool. What's that mean? No insects. It also means no genetically engineered food. So, okay, I've got my way around eating, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about my diet until they take clean away. Well, Joe, they won't do that because that's going to be an attack on Jews. Have you paid attention to the world lately? That seems to be okay now. So when I can't eat clean anymore, well, I guess I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to have to get with my neighbors. You know, you grow the chickens, I'll grow the, the you know, goats and I'll, I'll grow the corn to feed your, your chickens and goats or whatever. We'll get, we'll get together. We're going to little community when they outlaw that by shoving us into their little cities well then it's going to be one of two things where the heck can i go to get the heck out of here even if i have to do it in the, the dead of night sneak out and commandeer a boat and get gone where can i go or how do i throw cogs in the monkey wrench you know the works of this system and cause trouble i'm going to become you know the joe underground I'm not going peacefully into whatever the heck kind of world they want to make for me. You're going to become a Maccabee. Yes. Happy, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Easy for him to say. But what are you going to do? Have you even thought about it? Have you done the work yet? Part of the work is thinking about this. If you don't know, remember what I was telling you a little while ago, you got to have that compass and anchor. If you haven't done the work, and figured out what your compass and anchor is, when the time comes, I guarantee you I know what you're going to do. You're going to go, and it may be kicking and screaming and B.I. itching, but you're going to go wherever they tell you to go because you've not done the work to give you the courage to go against the herd. And then you're going to complain about going with the herd, or you're going to be one of these ones that, it'll be okay, it can't be as bad as what they say. Well, that's... That's what everybody that got on the cattle cars willingly was saying and doing. And how did that work out for them? Say, well, I'm not worried about it. It's just the Jews. Yeah, but you're a gypsy. Yeah, but I'm not a Jew. They're not going to send me. To hey, wait a minute. What's that? That's concentration camp. Yeah, but they're just killing the Jews. No, they killed a million more other people than they did Jews. I'm not belittling the Holocaust of the Jews. Don't get me wrong. 
not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is my Jewish brothers and sisters need to remember that 6 million of you died, but 5 to 6 million other people died as well. Right along with you, side by side. Just because they were deemed to be less than human or unuseful to the, to the state. Gypsies, homosexuals, Poles, Russians, whatever. Political dissenters. They went too. Don't discount them. If you do, if you're Jewish and all you ever count is the Jews that died in the Holocaust, congratulations. You're the opposite side of the Nazi coin. You dehumanitized everybody else that died with you. All life is valuable. All human life. Don't dehumanize each other, folks. And that's another thing you have to work through. They're trying to get us to see this group is not human and that group is not human, so we'll fight within each other and do their work for them. Don't get into that. And if you don't have your compass and your anchor, how are you going to avoid it? How are you even going to see what they're doing? Because you won't be able to see through it. If you haven't done the work, you're not going to be ready. You know what? A military, I, you know, former military, I look at everything in military. You fight the way you train. If I train easy and sloppy, I'm going to fight easy and sloppy. If I train such that, you know, we only, if I train like the Air Force, we'll fight like the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, look at your goose training. <laughs> 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 He's talking about a meme that one of your classmates has sent us today that's from the Air Force about how to defend yourself from Canadian geese. Oh, it, it, it's not a joke. It's for woke no, it's snowflakes. Serious. It's serious. Yeah, it's serious. They, oh, my gosh. And like I immediately say, because the squirrel was still, still here, and I immediately said, well, you know, in the Marine Corps, my Marine Corps, how do you defend yourself from a Canadian goose? Shoot them. And then the squirrel said, then eat them. So, you know, he was in the Army, so we both understood. That's how you defend yourself from the goose. If it attacks you, eat it. So, but apparently, Air Force has to learn how to defend itself from goose attack. Yeah. Hence the reason I said that if you're going to fight like you train, you're not going to be worried about the Russian bear coming to shoot you down. You're going to be worried about how to defend yourself from a Canadian goose. That's pretty sad, folks. But in the military, in the Marine Corps, what we told ourselves is every drop of sweat during training would save a drop of blood during fighting. And when I came to Desert Storm and it was time to go, it proved to be correct. But what that took for me at that time was six years of sweat, hard training, work. So when you come up against either an ideological, spiritual, political, whatever, when it's time for you to be tested and you're thrown into the maelstrom and you're going to be, have you done the work yet? If you haven't, whatever resistance you offer is going to be ineffectual. And I don't mean for stopping the system. That's not what I'm worried about. I mean for you, your family, and your friends and loved ones around you. For those things that you truly care most about, you're not going to be able to help it them yourself nothing even though i was wimpy air force that's what i would train my troops because they, they hated the training i did for them but i told them 
you know, more sweat and training, less blood and con- combat. And it works out that and way. It works. Too. I mean, my guys, you know, well, I had some of them go to, you know, the desert and stuff and, and also had some of them go to certification and, and they were surprised at how much better they did than the other troops around them because they had the training and they, they could do their stuff, you know, blindfolded. The, um, the story I tell you about and when we invaded Grenada, Granada, however you want to say it, you know, like Gunny Highway, right? In, in the movie Heartbreak Ridge, there was a story of a, of a Cuban battalion there, you know, elite engineers for the Cubans and a Marine company, I think it was, or might've even been less, but I think it was a company about 150, 160 Marines comes up against 800 Cubans. They took them all prisoner without firing a shot. And when they asked the Cuban major, why'd you just surrender without fighting? You outnumbered us. He said, you moved as a man with one mind. He goes, my troops didn't stand a chance. Where do you think that came from? Practice, 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 hard work, hard work, hard work. So the Marines moved as a person of one mind, the mind of their commander. They all became a part of that one body, which incidentally is exactly how the Bible tells you to work as believers. Christ is the mind, the rule book, you know, and we're supposed to work as one body to do his will, which is his kingdom. That's, you want to see my work? You're watching it. It's part of what I do. I've been told, do this, Joe. Why? I don't have the foggiest idea. I When I tell you people I don't know why you're here, I don't. Me? I don't even know why I do this anymore because more and more, I tell you, Ecclesiastes is ringing in my head. It's all, it's all futility. It's vanity. It's chasing after the wind. None of this means anything. Outside of that rule book and the creator and his son, nothing means anything anymore to me. I, I, you can have it. It means nothing. But that rule book also tells me as long as you're here in the material world, you got to take care of other people, Joe. So the only thing I know how to do is think. That's all I seem to really know how to do is, is think through things to find truth. And and sometimes I got to go through the briar patch to get there. But I will try to help others learn how to do the same for themselves. And then all I'll do is encourage you to do this, follow the process, learn to think for yourself, make your own decisions. I don't want to make the decisions for you. I don't. It's not my job. That's yours. I, I Even if you end up totally disagreeing with me, as long as you can tell me how you get there and why, okay. I may not, I may not agree with you. But okay, cool. I, I can see how you got there. I, you know what? I'm, I'm not quite done with this yet today, but it, I don't know how much longer we're going to go with this. I don't know that I'm doing any good at all here. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to read the board. I've just been, when I do this, I'm in my head. So I'm going to get Charlie to give us a break. Six minutes, we'll come back. If there's anything that you guys have to offer to this discussion, comment section now, please. Put it up. We'll cover it when we come back. If not, I got a few more things I want to go over with you real quick, and then we'll we'll see. Six minutes, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Don't.
right, we're back. Got a question on the board from a water jug, James William Holt. Water jugs, his self-appointed nickname, so we're not being ugly to him. I said, uh, and besides, it's an affectionate nickname now. We like water jug. Didn't see the first part of yesterday's show, so sorry if this was covered, but I was wondering if Joe has watched Leave the World Behind on Netflix. No, William, I haven't, or Mr. Holt, I have not. I have not been watching much TV at all lately. It's, it's, I can't watch it anymore, but I don't know what this show's about. Um, maybe it's something I need to look into. I don't know. Y'all have to let me know. But um, as far as TV goes anymore, what mostly what I've been watching is just uh, I throw YouTube up on my sh on my screen, and I've been watching this this show by it's called Lore Lodge, and he attempts to debunk things. And uh, yeah, for the most part, I thought he was doing good work until I watched his show on Halloween. And he did good for as far as he went, but he didn't go back far enough. And he arrives at the wrong conclusions as a result. So, I mean, he's a school trained researcher and he does good work and he gets into things a little deeper than sometimes I do, but um, he's got a different worldview. And that causes him to make draw different conclusions than I do. Um, so what's true for him is not true for me. <laughs> um, comment on the board from Ray thir uh, 13T, Ecclesiastes 12.13. The conclusions when everything is heard is fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. Yes, I agree. That's, that's, that's where I've landed. Um, and then real quick, before I get going again, Water Jug tells me, it says it, the, that show, it's about a societal collapse in modern America, slow burn and heavy on symbolism. What's extremely interesting is the Barack and Michelle Obama are producers of the movie. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this the one where he warns everybody about not trusting white people? I know that, I don't know if this is that movie, but I just saw in the headlines today that Barack Obama is associated with some movie that's come out, an apocalyptic movie that sounds a lot like what James, uh, Mr. Holt here is talking about. And in the movie, they tell everybody, you know, don't trust anybody in the, uh, in the apocalypse when the world falls apart, especially white people. So if that's the movie, Oh, I've definitely got to watch this thing. <laughs> well, we got to get rid of the white people. We heard that yesterday. Yeah. I was about to say that rhymes. With yes. AI. Oh, good. That means I'm safe because I'm a pale AI. I'm not white. I'm I'm pale, by the way. No, you're not white. You're not even pale. You're calico. You suck. <laughs> if you're not a long-term watcher or viewer or listener... We tease Natasha about being an AI, an artificial, you know, intelligence program. And then we tease her about being a furry, you know, people who dress up as animals and act like animals. So Natasha just walked into it again. <laughs> the one time I've spoken all day, the first time I make a joke and immediately, bam, fur, furry joke. It, it, it's just don't want me to ever say anything like dang all right whatever I see if we didn't like you we wouldn't pick on you you just never learn <laughs> it's okay folks we programmed her to do all of this <laughs> literally all right folks before the break 
I was talking to you about a bunch of things and I, and, and during the break, I was discussing this with Charlie, everything I've been telling you for the, the first hour of the show, everything I mentioned used to be called common sense. Used to be the common sense. Isn't, you know, isn't common anymore. You know, the song, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. This used to be common sense. Why? What? nobody's exposed to this stuff anymore. In fact, you're told not to go that way. Case in point, Charlie was telling me about something and and I, I'll use it as an example. So COVID, you got to wear your mask or you don't care about other people. Really? The mask is a personal protection device, you know, PPT, uh, PPE or whatever, personal protection equipment, whatever, personal protection. It protects you. So if I'm not wearing a mask, it means I don't feel like I need protection. It's got nothing to do with you. If you've got your mask on, you've done all you can do. You're, you're safe from me, right? That's, that's the science. It's what you're breathing in. So why do I have to protect myself to make you feel protected? What type of predictive program, what type of irrational hocus pocus was all that? And then if you get jabbed and I don't, how is it that I'm a threat to you? You've been vaccinated. You're protected. How, how am I a threat to you? Come in on the board. Talk about masquerading the truth. And the oh, my God. See, our AI just deserves to be messed with. Anyhow, so this is how vaccines are supposed to work. You get the vaccine so you don't get sick. But somehow or another... I'm being told that I'm the bad guy because I won't get the jab and I'm endangering everybody else's life. Folks, that's insanity. That's what I'm talking about. So how did you fall for that? How did so many, I still know people running around wearing a mask. And they've already told you over and over again that the science is out now. Those masks are hurting the people wearing them more than they're doing any good. A many fold. We know this now. We knew it back then too, but nobody wanted to listen. So how did so many people fall for this thing? Because they had no grounding. It, it, not even in simple science. Had you been taught simple things in, in, in high school, rather than the fact that, well, we have to teach you that Johnny has two mommies is perfectly acceptable. No, can, can we have simple biology and math? Oh, no, no, no. That's white man. That's racist. We're not going to teach that. What? Had you been taught how germs work in school, you'd have known that if you've had a real vaccine, an actual vaccine, it doesn't matter whether I'm vaccinated or not. It doesn't even matter if I'm sick. The chances of you getting sick now are very, very, very much reduced. But what is a vaccine? A vaccine is supposed to prevent you from getting the disease. Exactly. The COVID vaccine did not. No, the COVID that. vaccine made sure you caught it. And it did not even stop transmission of and still does it. disease. And it still does Which it. means Which they means had to redefine vaccine. A vaccine. Well, it is now. They changed the definition, remember? Well. <clears throat> yes. I was, say, I was about to ask, which definition of vaccine are we using? Oh, the I'm, original or the... I'm using the real definition of vaccine. I'm not using the politically motivated one designed to let them avoid prosecution. And folks, what... Fallacy, are we talking about? Equivocation. Equivocation. Also moving the goalposts. That's true, too. But in the legal sense, because, you know, well, you're immune from prosecution. If it's a vaccine, then we move the definition of vaccine and you move the law in the process. That's moving the goalposts. So how did, how did so many people fall for this? No grounding. 
in this case, no educational grounding. So what, what do we do with all this mess, folks? Uh, Dip by DDT, uh, DDT says, my CBR training point puts COVID as a biological and we are trained to charcoal filter and decon station is how to protect. Yes, but um, you were in the military. <laughs> you, you know a little bit more than the average individual does. My training also told me that that mask was going to do no good because it's leaky. <laughs> you have to have an airtight seal to your face. And you have to have a filter, like you were saying, charcoal filter, you know, and that's not what was on most of those masks. And they even told you, you had to have a something 95 or whatever level mask. And then if you ever read how those masks have to be used, you need to change them very frequently. And there weren't enough to go around for one for everybody in the country, let alone change them six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 times a day, which meant none of it worked comment on the board from road dog just found out that china was involved in the cibr attacks yesterday hmm. i'm not even sure what that is i haven't caught up on that yet but back to covid if you're grounded if you've done homework and it, okay so they bring this out and they want to force everybody to get a jab that's the scare of it okay let's have you had grounding have you done the work let me see if we can apply some of what i've tried to teach in the school over the 320-something shows. Okay. So how many years has man existed and we do not have a vaccine for HIV? So we've got 40 years of HIV, no vaccine. We've got how many years of the, of the common cold with no vaccine? Okay, we got years of the common cold, no vaccines, as long as man's been around. Flu. We got vaccines for flu. No, no, actually you don't. You have a guess. For which one's going to work this year and which one's not that, that's how that works they, they give you your flu shot is actually a vaccine for a whole bunch of different flu variants that they've worked out over the years and if that variant this year that's going to be spreading around isn't in that hodgepodge cocktail they guessed at you catch the flu so the point here is is that we've got like with hiv no vaccine common cold no vaccine ebola no vaccine COVID, one year later, four companies have the vaccine. Did that not send any alarm bells off in anybody's head? And if it didn't, why? It sure did with me. Yeah. What that told me is that they already had the vaccine ready to go, which means they knew what COVID was long before COVID came onto the market. And also told me that more than likely, this was a biological weapon. Because you don't release a weapon until you have the antidote. Well, in this case, it wasn't an antidote. It was part of the weapon. We're starting to apply Occam's razor here, folks. And this is one of the biggest reasons that Joe is so anti-jab. Because that jab is not what they claimed it was. Case in point. So we all have to get measles, mumps, and rubella to go to school. Why? Well, so you don't give it to other people in school. They've been immunized. Why do I need it? Now what we're starting to actually do, if you understand how vaccines really work, the ones who decide not to get vaccinated, you're for it. Well, now, if you want to go to public school, you have to have them. Okay, so then I'll, I'll be school, homeschooled, whatever. I don't have to have my measles, mumps, and rubella shot to go to work somewhere after I get out of school. And that's because the government doesn't control all that stuff. It's only making you get these pills where, it, you know, these things where it's controlling you, right? 
Well, does that not suggest that what's really possibly going on, what would make sense here, if this was a matter of public health, you'd force all employers to do this. You know, and if in order to get your social security check back, you have to have your MMR shot. It, whatever. What this actually suggests is that somewhere along the line, somebody's made a deal with the government to force this stuff on those areas where the government has control. Because you got to get all these vaccinations when you go in the military too, even if you're never going to go outside of the country. So that might be the pharmaceutical or the basis or the start of the pharmaceutical industrial complex that people talk about. Maybe, I don't know. You've got your MMR shot. What are you worried about? Those who don't, you're supposed to be protected. If you've had basic immunology, you know, viral, you know, taught about germs and bugs in school, you would know this. So what's the problem? We don't force everybody in, in society to have their MMR or, or their polio. We don't. Smallpox. We don't even give that out anymore because we've eradicated it. Well, we haven't, but, you know, you don't even have to have your smallpox vaccine anymore. That's not mandatory. Why was the job, the jab mandatory everywhere, even for jobs? If you wanted your job, it had to be mandatory. Did anybody notice that that was a, a, an unprecedented break in how these things are, especially since COVID never made, the, that came out too, folks. This, this is recent study from the UN. COVID was never a pandemic. Never meant the numbers to be a pandemic, which means all the laws they invoked, <clears throat> unconstitutional, illegal. Wrong, unscientific. And they did all of this to force the jab, and they still want that jab, 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 jab. What's in that thing? Why is it so important? Why are they doing this? This because, is go because ahead. it's a binary biological weapon. Yes, designed to kill people. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's simple. Isn't that like Occam Razor or something like that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> And the reports are now coming out saying that, that, that there are several reports out now, and not the one. There's several reports, and they're coming up with the number. It seems to be a universal number. That the, the data supports that they have killed something like 17 million people globally with this jab. So far, it's going to keep killing people. 17 million. We go crazy over 11 million from the from the Holocaust. Six million is all anybody ever knows about, but it's actually 11 million in the Holocaust in the camps. Here we got 17 million globally. Are we hunting anybody else to stick them into the Hague and have a, a Nuremberg-style trial anywhere? No. We're hailing these people as heroes and getting ready to let them double down and triple down on us again. Where's the common sense? Where's the grounding? Why hasn't anybody done the work here to stand up and say no? If you do, you're shouted down and canceled. Why? What's going on? Is there an innocent explanation to all of this? There may be, but I can't find it. Not given the number, the, 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 the nature of the people who are pushing this agenda. Especially since Fauci, I haven't done the background work on this. It is a video of him, but given how AI works nowadays, I want to go see if I can find some sort of printed transcript to back up what the video says. But if I can verify that he actually said it, Fauci said that the whole purpose of the of the COVID and the jabs was to force people to surrender their rights. I believe that. But now I want to go make sure that's actually what he said. And if I can, I'll bring it to you because that's another admission. That's evil admitting to what they're doing. That was all about getting you to surrender your rights. Now, if that worked as effectively as it did, and it did work, 
You think they're going to quit doing that? Oh, no. This time they're going to give it a shot of steroids and do it again. And again and again and again. That's why now gun violence is a healthcare issue. Now they can inoculate you against gun violence. How? Take your weapons. Cool. Go get them from the bad guys. You know, the lawbreakers. Oh, we can't do that. We can only take them from the law abiding. The lawbreakers won't give us their weapons. Well, guess what you're going to turn me into? You know, those guns that you have that I registered that I, oh, boating accident, Jode. You know? Fell off the boat. It's in the middle of the lake somewhere. What'd you have you got out the lake for? I was shooting birds with, yeah, but you got an AR. Yep. I put bird shot in it. You know? Sea turtles, mate. Sea turtles took my guns. Sea turtles. Prove me wrong. Can be a lot of us that had problems with sea turtles coming to get our guns. You just turn me into a criminal, right? Why do we not see these things coming? Why do we ignore them? Well, most of the folks here in this class probably sees it. You probably understand it. You're 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 yaboy yabba 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 doing a, this show. A lot of you are. I, I I I'm watching. I see some of it. Why? Well, you've done homework in a lot of cases. But have you been disciplined about your homework? Don't just believe everything. I don't. You guys know by now I don't believe in the flat earth. I don't believe that 9-11 was an inside job in the fact that the buildings were demolitioned, and I don't believe in chemtrails. I've explained to you why I don't believe those three things. A lot of people disagree with me. That's okay. That's cool. The physics doesn't support any of that. I've been told physics is a conspiracy theory. Okay, cool. And that means math is a conspiracy theory. You, you've got a problem with the creator of the universe who invented math. <laughs> but okay, go take that up with him. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> but th- 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 Like I said, I don't believe everything. I hope you don't either. Be, be skeptical. That's a good thing. You know, I get accused of accepting anything and everything. I don't. If you've been with me a length of time, you know I don't. I was a Marine, Jack. The Navy says has a saying, go tell it to the Marines. And, you know, if they believe it, it might be true. And that's because the Marines have so used to being kept in the dark and fed, you know, cow manure. We don't believe much nothing until it happens. <laughs> you know, sun's coming up tomorrow, Joe. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> Let me know when it does. You know, it, it, it's that bad. Well, that serves you well doesn't mean that you're a negative or skeptic just means that I need a reason to believe this. I've gone over the reasons I believe the scriptures. What do you believe in? What, what's your compass? You don't have to answer it. That, that, that's cool. This is a question for you to answer to yourself. Have you done the hard work to prove to yourself that your beliefs are, are rooted in something other than just your, your desire or your opinion? You get this done, you work through this, and then when I bring you a show like yesterday, you'll go like, oh, crap, you you recognize what it means. You got that, but you're not going to freak out and shut down your life and start looking for, or, you know, to kill yourself or jump out of a window or whatever. I I, I never understood the great economic crashes. People kill themselves because they lost all their money. What happened? Did your God just disappear? Without your God, you know, you you got no reason to live anymore. You might as well go ahead and throw yourself out the window of a building. Money was your God? Dude, first of all, 
that that wasn't tangible. That's the stock market. There's nothing real there. That's all just made up. It's like fiat currency. You had trust in something that wasn't real. And if you can make a fortune in something that's not real, then just get back to work. It worked the first time. Do it again. You know how to do it. Start. Yeah, it sucks that you got to start all over. But get back to work. Make it again. Is it your life worth more than that? What the heck? AI, sick them. We nailed it. <laughs> I did. I got the head we, shot. I guess we both did. I don't know who won. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. There was a comment on Facebook that didn't belong. And I'm, I was sitting there trying to read it going, what the heck? And it's all right. I was a little behind the times. I should have known the AI. I had that thing sniped. AI or Charlie? Yeah, one of us. I don't know. We both did it. So I don't know which one won. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> Joe, why do you censor people on your show? Because we've done the hard work. We've noticed patterns, certain things, keys that these people do that lets us know they're trolls. I got a little newsflash for folks. When you're new to the show, if if you're one of the slick ones that have tried to sneak in, you know, sending us pictures of donuts and emails and things, we let you go. We let you run until, you know, we'll, we'll let the drag go on you for a long time. Because sometimes we find out, oh, cool, new classmate. Sometimes we find out, eh, smart dodo cop. They don't snipe everybody as soon as they show up, but they've done the hard work. And Charlie and Natasha know which ones, you know, they've done the work. They know the patterns. Get them quick. And then they, they don't bother the class. That's the whole purpose. I'm about out of what I wanted to do today. Just to encourage you, though, it doesn't seem like I've been that. Not not to me. But you're doing. It's not. It's not without reward. If you do the work, if you, like this class, if if not this one, find another show, find an, a, a book, find a uh, find somebody who will help you. I'm a bit of a teacher. But I don't know if any of you have noticed. I'm also a little bit of a uh, psychologist. Not psychiatrist. I try from time to time to or very maybe psychotic. I'm not sure. Yeah, I am that too. But I try from time to time to help you find tools and mechanisms to help you cope with the stresses of the things that I teach. Don't be afraid of it. It's just the world in which you live. Don't be scared of it. I mean, look, go to the national forests and you disappear. You become a 411, you know, missing 411 case study. And that's okay. Hayden, Manis, Morris, whatever from the lore lodge comes along and says, it's not Bigfoot because Bigfoot doesn't exist. And he rationalizes it and you just disappeared into nowhere because I guess you wandered off and whatever. The police are investigating and they don't want to help. And they just kind of like, eh, whatever. And they brush it aside and they don't even, you know, and you just disappear. And then a guy comes along. And he says, hey, there's something weird about a lot of these disappearances. They seem to happen in national forests. And hey, almost everywhere where these national forests are, which, by the way, were established with Teddy Roosevelt, there's cave systems. And you go, well, yeah, man, there's cave systems all throughout the country. Yeah, but it's like there's unusual because the people go missing close to the caves within these national forests. And there's clusters of them over a long period of time. 
and nobody ever seems to solve what happens to them. Now, you look at some of these cases and they solve them. No problem. So they say there's nothing to this. Except the bulk of the cases are still unsolved and they still have outlier things about them. So somebody comes along, this this gentleman who does most of these 4-1, got, got famous for it. People poo-poo him. Well, he's a Bigfoot believer. He thinks Bigfoot's capturing them, you know, eating them. And what I get a kick out of is this, this guy from the Lore Lodge, he loves to account recount for the fact that there's there's something to this because the Native Americans have these man-eating men of the woods, wild men of the woods stories, all of the Native, and he does, he's done the work on this. Every Native American had this lore. And he says, so there's something going on, but it isn't Bigfoot. How do you know? You just admit that there's something. Well, it's just wild people. Well, then how do you know what Bigfoot is, dude? Do the connection. It could be a wild man. It could be a species of wild men that have become what we call Bigfoot. You don't know because you don't know what the Bigfoot is, but you've dismissed it, even though you're saying, well, there's got to be something to this. And so because it's not Bigfoot, they're not connected to these national forests. Okay. Joe, this belongs on a Thursday show. This is a conspiracy theory. No, no, this is actually teaching you how to work through this. Listen, pay attention. We do know that there are clusters of people that go missing, usually in the same general vicinities of these national forests, close to cave systems. We know that the national forests were established by Teddy Roosevelt. We know that Teddy Roosevelt had an encounter with something that today we would call Bigfoot. And we don't know if he just heard the story or because he was worried about blowback from it, he told the story in a way that made it sound like somebody else. We don't know. So Teddy finds out about Bigfoot and he establishes the national forests with the cave systems in them where people go missing. And we have all these stories about the Native Americans with Wendigo or Bigfoot or the, you know, the, 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 the people eaters. And these stories are throughout all of Native Americans. And what we do is we throw that all in a hopper because they're all connected. We got these mysterious missings that nobody, the people just go poof, gone. Exactly like the Indians say would happen, you know, the Native Americans. And what's, what do we do? We immediately say, well, that can't be Bigfoot. So there's got to be no solution. It's portals, aliens. That's the scientific answer. Okay, cool, whatever. Except you say, well, well, primates don't do these things. Except we have stories of primates yeah, it's T-Rex, right, Clay? Exactly. We do have stories of primates stealing human children, infants, chimpanzees, and eating them. Many, 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 many times. There was a famine and a drought in Africa, and the late native wildlife was under um, extreme stress. No food, no water. And they had a bout of, the, of chimpanzees coming out of the forests, the jungle, and stealing little children and eating them, ripping them apart and eating them. So we do know that primates will do this. And Bigfoot is supposed to eat fish. And up until recently, you know, primates don't eat fish. And then they ran into this group of orangutans that were eating fish. So the more we learn, the more we realize that everything we've heard about this thing called Bigfoot, there's precedence for it with other primates. Now, is there a Bigfoot? I don't know. Th that's not the point. That isn't the point in this case. The point in this case is, 
let me let me show you. Look, look at this. Let's just take Teddy Roosevelt out of it. I've got national forests, huge sections of them. And they tend to have caves systems in them. Not just a cave, but cave systems that connect. And people go missing in and around these cave systems within the national forests. And there's lots of them. And, and ever since the forests were established, we have these clusters. Go look into this phenomenon, 411 phenomenon. There's certain criteria that the gentleman who started this, he's a former police officer, he started this, he sets out the criteria. In some cases, they find these people. And they find them in really weird ways and really weird places. There's something going on here. In other cases, the people just disappear. People that shouldn't, I mean, experienced hunters, and they just, poof, gone. Okay, so you look into this, and it, it, that's the common thing. They're disappearing where in mysterious conditions, and nothing's ever seen from them again. They're just gone. And we do know that the, the Native Americans say that there's this legend of the wild man, hairy wild man in the woods, and they eat people. Okay. When you have an entire indigenous people group have the same stories, there's there, and same description, there's something there. Okay, I'm not saying it's Bigfoot. There's something there. And you research these cases. In some cases, you solve them. Was one missing child, more than likely, it was a pedophile at the uh, school, the, uh, the campground where the kid was at when he went missing. It was more than likely that the man killed the child and carried his body off. Another one, they found a, a child went missing on a trail. It was more than likely a mountain lion got the kid and ate the kid. It, it, a lot of these are explained. So you have hundreds of cases. You explain a dozen or so of them, and you say, see, nothing to it. Well, no, wrong. It's still something to this because you have, still have hundreds of cases that have the similar profile. Okay, so some of these people we actually find, right? And you find bodies that are floating face up, uh, face down, like female bodies floating face down in the water when they're found. Why is that unusual? Uh, males might float face down, females don't. Females flip. They'll be found face up in the water. It's just natural buoyancy, people. This is the way it happens. But they're found in water. This is another common trait, usually found in water, unclothed, no clothing on, or missing their shoes. There, there's some com common traits in these things, weird things. Okay, so a lot of those seem to be a subset of the missing group. And when you separate them out, you still have over half of these missing people that there's just no explanation whatsoever, none. And the police show no interest in researching what this is about. It's really bad in Canada. No interest whatsoever. They have one guy in Canada, they found parts of his body, just a few parts, piece of his skull and a few other things. And the, the, the Royal Canadian Royal Mounted Police or whatever, they determined he was eaten by a grizzly bear. He got snuck up on and eaten by a grizzly bear. Now that might work, except for the fact that this man had spent his entire adult life tracking and tagging grizzly bears for biological research. Uh, the man least likely to be snuck up on by a grizzly bear is supposedly killed and eaten by a grizzly bear with no signs whatsoever of grizzly bear having consumed him. None. In fact, evidence that that's not what happened. And that's as far as they went. And they determined all of that in one hour with no other research. So when you look into some of these things, there's weirdness going on. 
and signs that a lot of people have been consumed by something. And it's always chalked up to bears. Problem is they never find any bears leave evidence scat with your clothes in it and pieces of your bone in it. They will eat your clothing. A lot of these people are, have been eaten after their clothing's been taken off. So it, it's, there's weirdness going on here. Now I'm not going to chalk it up to Bigfoot. Maybe we have a group of indigenous human beings running around that like to eat people. I don't know. The point here is all the indicators of the core group of these folks that go missing in the national forest point in that direction, but nobody will even acknowledge that that's a feasible answer. And if you do, you're labeled a kook. What I have learned when I deal with the government is that when I see that pattern, I go in the direction of kookville. Because you've been labeled a kook to keep people from hunting in the direction you're already heading. They want to shut down those lines of investigation. So that's the way I'm going to go. It could be wrong. It, it, it could be misguided on my part. But when I look at things, I've done the work. I've seen these patterns. Don't, 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 don't look to, you know, the, the CIA didn't kill JFK. It's, it's Lee Harvey Oswald. And then decades later, we find out it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. It, it, this is not, there's no such thing as MK Ultra, And then they admit MK Ultra. There's no such thing as Mockingbird. Then they admit that, it, you know, we, we never gassed any, any New York city or whatever. No, you, you did that to San Francisco. So. What I've learned is when they tell me there's nothing to these wild men in the, in the woods eating people, head in that direction. And they won't do it. You know, that's your kook. So what good is this kid in the lore lodge when he's admitted, oh, yeah, all the Indians say this stuff, so there's got to be something there, but it can't be Bigfoot. How the heck do you know? How do you know? Well, he's scientific. He's doing the research. So I've, I've excluded a possibility because I don't like that one. Head in that direction, son. That's probably where your answer is. Because all of the other things this kid brings up, and I call him a kid. He's in his late 20s, early 30s. Kid to me. All the other things he brings up in his videos point in that direction. He just hasn't made the connection or he's outlawed them. Okay. How does, how, how does any of this mean any good? How does it help us with anything? COVID comes up. You've got to... It was Donald Trump with warp speed. It's the magic of science. We've made a vaccination for a mysterious virus. By the way, if you've got a vaccination for COVID, why don't you have a vaccination for RSV? Well, they do now. They're, they're pushing that big time now. Except you can still catch it. RSV and there's another one too. That they're, they're putting all sorts of vaccines Except you out, can still you know. catch it. Well... They're vaccinating you for cancer. The definition of vaccine has changed. Right. So you get a vaccination for cancer. Cancer, by definition, is not caused by a virus. Because last time I was at the doctor, they were asking me all about vaccines and stuff. And mm -hmm. I said, nope, 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 nope. And she asked me why. And I said, I don't trust, after COVID, I don't trust vaccines at all. Done. And you None shouldn't. of them. Not even the traditional ones anymore, because you don't know what they're doing with them. Yeah, you don't know what's in them either. Yeah, because they're they're mucking around with stuff. And then it's not like they've ever told us that they were going to mess with our DNA using vaccines. They've just told us they're going to kill us using vaccines. That's all. No, they didn't, Joe. Uh, there are now three separate videos yep. of Bill Gates saying he's going to depopulate the world using vaccines. Using vaccines. Yep. Three 
separate locations, three separate videos. They're now found. I snagged all three of them. Thanks to the Arctic tortoise. They're on my computer at home. So like I said, do the homework. This is where Alex Jones comes into this, the equation, Alex Jones. Yeah. He says to Tucker, how did you put the 9-11 attacks together? He said, a whole lot of reading of a whole bunch of different stuff. That sounds familiar. That's how I put these things together. You have to study a whole bunch of crap across a whole bunch of different, you know, subjects and in, in areas. And then you have to be of a certain mindset willing to accept it. Uh-oh, this and this and this and this. And, and as soon as it all lines up and it fits perfectly, you go, well, that's where it's going. So I'm not telling you Bigfoot's eating people, but I am telling you that Occam says, that's nah, more than likely the best explanation. Because you another thing I didn't tell you, the people from these four ones that go missing, missing, and they're never, ever found. Most of those are hunters. Long time experienced hunters. Do you have any idea how hard it is to sneak up on a hunter in the woods? I mean, a good one. I guarantee you, you would not sneak up on me in the woods, even if you were wearing a ghillie suit. I'm old, rusty, and out of practice, but I was raised in the woods to the point where I could walk on dry leaves in my moccasins without making a sound. You ain't sneaking up on me, and you dang sure ain't sneaking up on some of these people. But yet, those are the ones who go missing. Explains that to me, please. And I mean, everything goes missing. Or... Everything except them, it remains. Their weapons, their packs, their gear, and they're the only thing that's missing. Their clothes are even still there. It's one of the two. Weirdness, especially if, you under, if, you've, if you've ever uh, researched missing persons cases. There's some serious weirdness going on. There's one story of a, of a guy they found floating in a lake, said he'd been dead for weeks, except the autopsy said he'd been dead for less than 48 hours. What was really weird is the way they found him floating in the lake. He had his head laying on his arm, you know, like, and he was straight up and down in the water. That doesn't happen. That's like he had a weight on his feet and a life preserver on. And he's straight up and down in the water. Like, just like he's standing there with his head on his arm, with his arm on a wall or something. Oh, look into that if you don't believe me. That is not how people are found floating in the water. And how, how is it that he was dead for weeks when the autopsy said he'd only been dead for 48 hours? Weirdness, folks. And it's all just dismissed as, eh. Okay. Whatever. You want more weirdness? Have you looked into the Mandela effect? Okay. This is connected to today. What do you make of all the chaos today? The Mandela effect. How many of you remember Curious George having a tail when you were young? And I'm talking to you older folks now, Gen X or, or the baby boomers. Well, we're told now that Curious George didn't have a tail. We're told that the Berenstain Bears or Berenstain Bears, you know, they never had the old name Berenstain. It's Stain. EI, it never happened. It was AI. We're told that the Monopoly Man never had a monocle. We're told that Kit Kat never had a hyphen. You're told all sorts of weird things. Um, there was never a TV show called Shazam when we were kids with Sinbad acting as Shazam. Now, here's the problem. We have a Kit Kat rappers with a hyphen. P. 
people have the VHS tapes of Shazam with Sinbad dressed up as Shazam. I remember all of these things. I remember that one. Yep. They have Monopoly cards with the Monopoly man has a monocle on his, on his face. They have that. I don't know about Curious George, but they have a video that purports to show you the name on a book of Berenstain Bears, the name changing on the video, literally before your eyes. Now, okay, let's throw that away, saying somebody faked that. What explains this? There's tons of these things. Did you know that Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse Sweepstakes? That's not correct. I know that's not correct. I remember the commercials. But the, do you know that uh, Richard Simmons never wore a red headband? Problem is, if you go look at old, back in the 80s, if you look for Richard Simmons Halloween costumes, they have the red headband in them. You see, if you know how to look for the shadows, what I tell you, shadows are side effects. We know that these things actually existed. So how do you explain this? What, 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 oh, well, it's easy. It's just mass hysteria. Everybody's remembering things that never happened. No, mm -mm, no, that's not how memory works for one thing. Well, there's a glitch in the matrix that you've been programmed wrong. Possibly if we're all in the matrix, then here's the problem though. If you're in a matrix, it's a program. How come some people didn't fall for the programming? Ah, now we're getting somewhere. Why did some people not fall for the programming? I don't know what to make of this, folks. This is definitely a show for a, uh, a Thursday, Conspiracy Theory Thursday, but I'm aware of it. I also ran into a, a video um, yesterday that I have got to track down. It purports to be from 1994. Guy was talking about rods. Have y'all heard anything about rods? These are these little... They look like flying bugs and they zip across boom, and they go through things and you can videotape them, but they like fly right through solid objects. People have no idea what they are. They're always just real fast. They're, they've been on TV shows. They're called rods. This guy purports to be a physicist in this video. I've got to track this down because man, if I can verify this, hold on. If you're a long time watcher of the show. You'll understand. He says, these are vessels, spaceships or craft of some sort in the fourth or fifth dimension and that they're not aware of us. We can see them, but we're not actually in the same spatial space. So you can't grab them. They just fly right through you. I've explained to you already how that can happen. He also says that's what's happening is the universe is collapsing. The, the, the different dimensions are starting to collapse on each other. And he said, as that happens, Time will seem to be shorter and colors are going to start changing. And when I heard up until that point, I was ready to dismiss this boy. It's like, ah, he's a whack job until he said that. Do you remember the show in which I told you that I have noticed that the colors just don't seem to be the same as they were when I was younger? Most people, it's bad memory, except that I have a very proven history of a excellent color memory. I'm very rare in that regard. Most people don't have a color memory. I thought everybody did when I was younger. I've learned later, no. But I've proven this time and time again throughout my whole life. So when I tell you the colors are different, I believe that. I believe it because for 57 years, I've been able to match colors almost exactly years apart. And the colors in the sky and I see, they're not what they used to be. I've also noticed that time I can't get as much done in a day as I used to get done. Well, you're older and you're slower, Joe, except that what I'm talking about are the chemical processes 
of the materials I'm using. Those don't care how old I am. So I had already noted this and I'd brought this to the class before. Now this guy back in 94 claims to be from 94 saying that as this collapse of things starts to accelerate, time will get shorter and colors will change. That's exactly what I've noticed. Yesterday was the very first time I'd ever seen that video. So trust me, folks, I'm going back to look at that one because doing the hard work tells me when I find a breadcrumb that is exactly like something I'd found and I find it from the past, significant past, in this case, 30 something years, it's the exact same breadcrumb I found all on my own little lonesome. Oh my goodness. What? I had a firefly just light up. Okay, share. Because somebody said something like, you know, my return will be shortened, lest the even the elect be deceived. Hmm. I don't know if there's any association with that. Yeah, had but, the time not been shortened. But, hmm. Interesting. Just, just something. Yeah, I think that's a different thing. In other words, number of might, days total. But might yes, be, might but be. Who knows? But the whole point of this was earlier in the show, we were told that UFOs are watchers. Fallen angels. Hmm. The scriptures tell me that at some point in time, the abyss, the Tartarus, yeah, from Greek and Roman lore, you know, the, the, the prison at the very bottom of Hades will be released, will be opened and the, all the, all the hidden fallen angels will be released and they'll be allowed to fool the nations again, the, the Gentiles. We say nations, it could be both, but the, the non, the non-believing world. Short season, you know, maybe 90 years, depending on how, I, I don't know, a season's 90 years. So whatever a short season means, but they're going to fool the nations and they're going to come back. And every time that the watchers are present, the Nephthalim show up. And I never thought any of this, except if you're aware of the Enochian material, the shortening of time, the changing of colors, the Mandela effect. All of these things fit with some of the Anakian thinking. They, they just go, whoosh, they fall right into place. Doesn't mean skeptic, doesn't mean anything necessarily. Remember the logical word necessarily. Necessarily means must. Doesn't have to mean anything. But it might. It requires more investigation, careful scrutiny, rational, skeptical scrutiny. Make make things make sense to yourself. Everything else that you know to be true, make it make sense within that worldview as you go through it. Don't be afraid of it, but make it make sense. Don't buy it. Don't 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 be the fish that hook line and sinker right away. Oh look, yummy. Well, now you're screwed because the hook's in your belly. They got you. No, 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 no. Do like a good fish. Suck the thing in, spit it back out. In and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, nibble on that thing just a little bit. Eat around the edges. And if you do it right, you get the whole bait without ever touching that hook. So that when Secret Squirrel pulls it up, dang it, ate my bait again. Make sure you don't get caught by the hook, but find the nibbles of truth. That requires training. Training requires work. Put the work in. That way, when they throw you something that has truth in it, you can be discerning, nibble the truth off the hook, the hook being the lie or the deception. 
get the kernels of truth out of it, leave the deception in the hook. Works the same way with scripture studies. Wow. That was a pretty darn good segue. I hadn't even planned that. Tomorrow's Worship Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the scripture. How many times have you seen a new teaching? You know, if you're a believer, you get these new teachings and everybody runs after them. Did you bother to be discerning? Did you test them against what you thought you already knew? Did you nibble the kernels of truth off of it and leave the deception and the bad teachings? Were you discerning? Part of what I've been trying to teach this class is how to be discerning in the world, not just scripturally, in the material world. How do you determine truth from fiction or from deception or from lie? Or are you comfortable with uncertainty saying, okay, well, I don't know. I can't figure that one out. Well, then leave it be. You don't need to know the answer. Don't be fearful. You know, the scripture tells you that 365 times, have no fear. Oh, well, it's like a one for every day. Well, no, there'd only be 360 days in a biblical year. Gee, almost like and, Charlie. It, if you don't follow that, you haven't been paying attention to the show long enough. You need more time here. The show builds on itself. We can't explain everything every time we run into it. But don't be afraid. And there's no reason to be afraid. We are afraid of that which we don't know. Well, a scientist or the explorer charges into the unknown, but they don't do so recklessly. They're prepared. They have a system down so that it helps you deal with the unknown when you run into it. Um, DSG 1973 asks, which translation of the Bible do you use? For just general reading, usually the NASB, a study Bible with the notes in it or the Amplified Bible. If I just want to read it like a storybook, I read the Amplified Bible. But other than that, yes. <laughs> I have, uh, I think I'm up to 19 or 20 different translations of the scriptures on my shelves at home. So it depends on what I'm doing, DSG. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be a evasive answer on you, but it depends on the purpose. If I'm studying something, something I want to understand in depth or detail, or it's something I'm going to teach on, I will at least three or four different translations before I settle on any, oh, my interlinear and my uh, lexicons are at the tip fingertips as well. Um, Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible is a Bible that essentially you'll be reading along. Case in point, you are saved by faith, and then there'll be put brackets, and it'll say something like belief, trust, an active, you know, assurance of that you live in your daily life. And then not by, you know, works and it works. It'll expand on the word that we translate as works. It'll expand on that. You mean like, you know, an action or something that you do to put another in debt to you. What the Amplified Bible does is it, it, it provides a more expanded operating operating definition to certain keywords that don't have a literal, easy Hebrew or Greek to English translation. And it makes for a very good uh, reading of the Bible smooth, like a storybook where the things that you might need to study a little more that you might not be aware of are already handled for you in the way they've written the, the way they've written the translations. It's a more expanded, more inclusive, more encompassing and, and as a result, more accurate translation of the scriptures. And it reads fairly easily. Uh, my wife, when she's just reading the scriptures, that's what she reads is the Amplified Bible. Um, 
but like I said, when I'm doing it, since I'm usually studying, I read the NASB because it is a modern literal translation and yeah. it's a study Bible. So you got to be careful with that because you got to know how it's presented to you. Yeah. We've started using the amplified for our daily devotional reading and stuff. So it, it, you're a Hebrew student. Good. It does a fairly good job with that. Doesn't it's, it? it's pretty good. It's yeah. not perfect, yeah, but mean, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've found a few places I'm like, um, no, <laughs> but, but for the most part, I mean, that that's actually been fairly rare. There's only been one that was totally off that I'm like, eh, I don't think so, but, uh, it is helpful. Take care, Mr. Holt. We'll see you later. All right, folks about to wrap this up. Hopefully I didn't, didn't bore you too much today. Um, I hate these type of days. I do them mostly for y'all because y'all seem to like them for some reason. So take care of the people, feed the sheep what they need or what they want, what, you know, serve others. It's not what I wanted to do today, but it's what I felt led to do. Cause whatever, listening to the spirit there's, there's another thing I've worked out. It's not about me. Do my job. Just be a good Marine. Do what I'm told to do. I did it. Or in this case, a good servant. Um, we do love you. We do everything here because we're trying to help others. This is not for us. Nobody's getting rich here. Uh, nobody's getting glory or fame. No, no, outside of y'all, nobody knows who the heck the road to Concord is, except, you know, Otocop Brigade. I don't really care that they know me. Um, I'd rather they didn't. Uh, so what we're doing here is to serve you. And if there's anything that we can do to help, any questions, any comments, any concerns, just email us, joe at the road to concord.com. I do answer them email slowly, but when it's really important, I get to you quicker. A lot of times you guys email me and it's just an observation or whatever. I I, I will eventually get back to you, but it takes time. I, I I'm I'm apologize, but I am a busy hammer knocker. Um and I, I'll get to those things, but I don't ignore you forever. If you do want to share the show with folks, we ask that you share the show that's in particular which which class that you liked, share that with that person that you're sending it to by a direct message text it, I am it, whatever. If you just put it up on your Facebook or social media, they probably won't see it. Um, we know this is a fact. Not that we're all that fancy. It's just that all shows like this get throttled, not just us. Um, other than that, oh, and if you do share the show with people, explain me however way you want. We, you know, not like Big Bang where we say, well, you talk about Joe. We like to use the word term quirky. I'm an acquired taste. I know that. If you ask me to describe myself, if you watched TV, I'm the love child of Gregory House and Sheldon Cooper. I lean more toward House, but, you know, I identify with his character very, very much. I, I would have probably loved his character, but um, in real life, we'd have got along great. Um, other than that, hey, man, tomorrow is Worship Wednesday. We're talking about the scriptures. Thursday, I don't know exactly what we're doing yet, but I know Friday We'll be using logic to review a scriptural problem known as the Hebrew Roots Movement, and we'll go. We'll build on that, what we've already started there with this series. Otherwise, we love each and every one of you. We hope to see you back here tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. Y'all stay safe. Take care. See you tomorrow. The Q Charlie.